The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. Mostly, my blog has been extremely useful in reminding people that I already know and sort of reintroducing people who know me just a little bit to who I am. So generally, my clients are people that I have a connection with in another way, and then they've gone on to read my blog and be like, oh, I didn't really know her like that, and now I feel like I understand her and I can trust her. Welcome to The Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 94 of The Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. It's how we continue to grow. And and once again, if you like what you hear today, go ahead and leave a review or rating. It always helps. kind of get a few more people aware of what we're trying to do in this little corner of the internet. So so today I get to go back to my second hometown, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I, I get to interview somebody who I've admired for many, many years. We're going to talk to Elizabeth Newland. Elizabeth Newland's with Realty One Group. She also has a, a real estate blog called The Real Estate Tangent, and she also does some crazy stuff. She like flies on silk, but more than anything else, she really she really knows how to how to communicate with people. Her writing skills are second to none, and, and we're going to talk about that. So, Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, and I'm really glad to get to talk to you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time, and I miss those times when we used to hang out at uh, the Chicago Title space with Jay Thompson's group. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I, I, I miss those, too. Usually it was on Wednesdays, right, because you had every other Wednesday you'd show up for sure. <laughs> yeah, because my cleaning people come and I feel like I have to like hide out of my house because I feel guilty about it. I still do that. I just like go to restaurants now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So now you've been in Arizona a long time. I know you went to school down south, but did you uh, grow up in Arizona? Were you born there? Yes, I actually was born in the same hospital that I had uh, my three kids in, in Mesa, Arizona. So I'm I'm a native through and through. I, I like asking people this question when they're a native of a place that a lot of people maybe haven't been. What is what's something that people outside of Arizona get completely wrong when they ask you questions about Arizona? I feel like the the assumption with the desert and with Arizona is that it's it's just really brown and dead and everything's like sharp and pokey. And I feel like it's really the opposite. And when I visit places like Oregon um, or anywhere that there's a lot of greenery, it's lovely. And, you know, all of the flowers, that's all great. But in Arizona, I feel like the beauty that we have, the flowers and the colors, it's almost highlighted by the fact that we do have like the brown and the sharp pokey stuff. Like it stands out more. So the desert to me is one of my most favorite landscapes. And I think it's stunning. I completely agree. Now, having been here in Florida for um, for a month, there's, I mean, look, the water is its own special beauty. But when you're driving through the state and you're going down a highway and it's just a wall of trees on either side, eventually everything kind of looks the same. But we, that never really happens in Arizona. Right. 
I know that you attended that school that shall not be named down in Tucson. I'm sorry. Better school. (laughs) The good Arizona school, you mean. I think that's what you meant. (laughs) No comment. Your time down there at U of A, first of all, was real estate on your radar? And second, you know, what did you study? What did you want to be when you got out of there? For sure, real estate was not on my radar in college. I always wanted to write. I actually got my degree in creative writing and then um, I had a minor in photography, which looking back, I'm like, who let me do that? Like, what what was the plan for my life with those as my degree? But I think I just wanted to study things that I loved and I've always loved to write. That said, when I graduated, I was like, okay, so now who will pay me to be creative with my writing? Um, And it was pretty much no one. I was a right out of college. I I actually got a job from my first six months out of college at a little tiny newspaper. I made like $11 an hour. And I was like the sports reporter for the Apache Junction Independent, which meant that I attended like the high school football games and basketball games and like wrote about the kids and took pictures, which was really fun for like six months. But, you know, I made no money. And oh, my God, what was I doing with my life? And then I uh, got a job as a technical editor at a company that wrote airplane manuals, like for airplane parts. So it was my job to take what the technical writers put together in these like manuals of how to like clean and repair and maintain these airplane parts and like fix their typos and then compare their material numbers and make sure they weren't like screwing them up. There's really no creative writing involved. I was going to say that's the um, opposite of creative writing, right? Yeah, yeah, right. It was it was pretty soul killing. Although, you know, it's fun to work. I like people. And so I did that for five years. And I had at that point, when my second son was born, I was like, I just don't think I can go every day to this office and like be away from my kids. Like, I feel like I need another plan. And I was watching this you know, I was on maternity leave and watching um, like a home improvement show or it was like a real estate show where some lady was selling houses. And I was like, you know, I like people in houses. Like, why can't I do that? I could just do that. <laughs> so on kind of a whim, I think just sort of because I was like, I need to do something different and have a little bit more what I thought at the time I needed more flexibility. Now that I've gotten down the road in real estate, that's one of my biggest pet peeves when people are like, oh, your job must be so flexible. I'm like, it's, it's the opposite of flexible. It's actually less flexible than any job I've ever had. Right. But anyway, I, uh, I went back to after I did like a short maternity leave because I did not have great benefits at the time. And I went back to work and then I went to night school while I had like a 13-week-old and a four-year-old and a full-time job, and I went to night school to get my real estate license. And I almost lost my mind. Like, I remember that period of time and like my lack of sleep and like that was a dark time in my life. (laughs) But I got through it and I got my license and um, I was very fortunate to have a family friend who wanted to use me right away. And I did a couple of deals and made a decent amount of money, like enough that I was like, okay, I can just give notice on my job. And like, I haven't gone back since. That's kind of rare and unique. Usually there's that, that person who's, you know, kind of easing into real estate. They'll keep that part-time job almost too long, it seems like. But you, you had a situation where you were able to make that break pretty quick and pretty clean, right? 
Yeah. Well, it was during that, it was that time of the market where everything was like really hot. It was 2005. I actually did. The reason that my family friend was willing to use me on their house purchase is because they couldn't find an agent to represent them on a purchase because it was so difficult to get under contract. Like people were, I don't know, they had contacted a couple and they were like, we'll sell your house, but we don't want to help you buy one because it's a pain in the ass. Wow. <laughs> Which is so weird now looking back. I'm like, there were agents who like said that? Like who? I don't know. But so anyway, I, I sold them like a half a million dollar house as my first deal. And then I sold their house and I gave them a huge discount because I was like, this is my first deal. So on the sale, I'm like, I will do this as cheap as I can because I'm really like learning on this. And I really leaned heavily on my first manager for that. But, you know, a half a million dollar house for your first deal, it was a good chunk of change. I was just able to like be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And also, you know, it was so easy to like get into that first deal. I was like, what? It's just like I can like print money. Like, why does everyone not do this? Yeah. Yeah, that's how easy real estate is. You're right. I, wow. You started off with a big chain. Were you Century 21 when you first started? I was. Century 21 Arizona Foothills is where I was for the first 6 years. And they're still they're still around doing their thing down in uh, the Phoenix yeah, they area. Are. Yeah. Yep. Talk about the importance of, you know, having that sort of a model for you when you were getting rolling. So, I feel strongly that a company like that a brokerage that uh, has a lot of support is the way to go when you're new. I actually, my mother just got her real estate license about a year ago because she's retired and she was like, I've always wanted to do real estate. And I was like, what? I've not heard this, but okay. (laughs) But so she got her license and I did not recommend that she join on with my current brokerage because it's uh, less of like a full service brokerage. It's more of like a, we're there to sign your documents and um, answer your emergency questions, but they're not one that, is where they are going to give me a bunch of leads and have relo. I thought that that was a really good way to go for like my first five years when I was really trying to understand the business. And I needed like a company who was going to set up groups for like new agents where we could all meet and like talk about what we were doing to try and drive business to us. Um, and then also they had a really strong like relo department. I did relo for like three years and it nearly killed me. But it was a good experience. It was a good way to like get to know clients and like how to do things and and also to figure out what direction I really wanted to go, which was not Relo. Now you have Jason, your husband, a very techie guy. Am I right with that assessment? Because yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you, your websites have always looked good. Even back in the day when a lot of real estate websites didn't look that good, you had Jason <laughs> right there. Yours was always t- well taken care of and you were able to provide the content uh, and and. So I, I found you that way first. Your website was different than a lot of other people's. And and it was about that time that I met you when you were, I think you were contemplating maybe joining Jay Thompson and Francie, his wife, at Thompson's Realty. I guess my question is, first of all, you, were you at a point where you were ready to leave the big brokerage model and go someplace where you could do your own thing? Was it the power of Jay and what he had done with phoenixrealestateguy.com? What, what made you go there? Yeah, I think a little bit of both of that. I was for sure ready to make a transition. I got into the point where I was like, okay, I'm not using the brokerage that I was at for leads and I don't need the training. So I don't want to be paying the huge amount of like commission cuts that I am to them when I, what I'm really doing is generating my own business. So I was ready to move to a company where I could do my own thing 
And then Jay had reached out to me a couple of times, like as a fellow blogger and social media person. And so when I sat down and met with him, I mean, I always respected what he wrote online, but in person, it was even more so like, I just felt like we were of the same mind. Like I felt like the things that were important to him were authenticity, transparency, just generally doing his job to help support his family, but also wanting to be of value and to make a positive impact on his clients and like the world around him. And all of that just like rang true to me. He just, he felt like he was honest and he said the things that like sometimes people don't say, I like that (laughs) in a person. So it just felt like a really good fit. And their business model was good for me, obviously. I think it was difficult. They were so generous with their business model to their agents that I think it was difficult to sustain. They were really not in it. I felt like from my perspective to like get rich and like run over everybody. They sort of wanted to have a brokerage that would be a positive experience for agents. And I think that can be draining in the long run. Uh, I think it worked out okay for him. (laughs) Yeah. I think in the long run, you're right. You you were early in the blogging game. And so I'm going to guess there weren't a ton of real estate bloggers when you decided to kind of start this thing up. Because is it like, what what year would you say? You, it was 05 or 06 is when you first got involved? It was 05. I went and looked yeah. and I, because I couldn't remember either, but I did. I started it up like right after I got my license. And so, yeah. obviously as a creative writing major and someone who loved to write, this was an absolute no-brainer for you, right? Is it was that the primary reason behind it was, hey, I can, I can try and create this little world of that that, that I kind of own and control, and hopefully people will come check it out. Yeah. So I think my thought on the blog was, uh, first of all, I liked to read blogs. I read mommy blogs, and I felt like I connected with people. Um, and I noticed that when I was like reading a mommy blog on a on a regular basis, because um, that was big in like 2005 was big mommy blog years. I felt like I knew the person and I really like the honesty that when they were talking about their stories about their kids, like it made me feel less alone in my struggles. And also like this was a friend that I was like reading about the traditional models. Like when I first got into real estate and they kind of would talk to us as new agents about traditional marketing for real estate, like old school. One of the techniques was sending out a regular newsletter to your sphere like by a paper mail one. And even then they were talking about like an email newsletter where, and the idea behind the newsletter is just to like regularly remind people that you know, or people in your neighborhood that you're farming or whatever, that you were in real estate and then to sort of engage with them. You always included like a little bit of real estate tidbit, like either stats about the market or recent comps sold in the area But you also included like um, recipes or games or like a funny story or there was supposed to be other content there that would allow the person who's getting the newsletter to be like interested, but also reminded that you're in real estate. I felt like that technique could be applied to the real estate blog rather than there were some real estate blogs out there. Definitely. When I got started, a lot of them, like the model at that time was like write about real estate all the time like only write real estate stories, only post about houses. You know, I felt like you could take that newsletter model and apply it and like combine the mommy blog and like pepper in real estate advice and stories 
so that the people who are coming, they're really coming to read funny stories. Like it was meant to be a humor blog, like about my life and about my kids and maybe some recipes, just a general blog. But I wanted them to also be reminded on a regular basis, like I'm in real estate. So if you have a real estate need, you know, come to me and refer me. And also I wanted them to feel like they knew me and could trust me and could come to me with like issues or things that they wanted questions, things like that. Um, so that was, that was my basis for my blog. The, there is no better, funnier real estate blog in the country, in my opinion, than what you, what you did at real estate tangent. It made me laugh every time I read it. Sometimes, you know, there were some more serious topics, but uh, yeah, your writing skills are, are second to none. And I just, I'm, I, I don't know why I waited as long to have you on the podcast because I can't wait for other people to go back and find some of those posts and see what you did. It was crazy good stuff. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> let's, let's talk. I have one question. I mean, everyone who reads your blog knows about Ben, Jonas, and Gray. Those are your three boys. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I've wondered as they get older, because now they're, you know, uh, Ben's how old? He's in high school. Yeah, he'll be, yeah, he'll be 17 oh. in July. Oh, I boy. mean, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> so they have to be aware that their lives in, in, in some way, shape or form have been kind of chronicled online. <laughs> when, when, when were they aware of this and what was their reaction? don't know that I mean I think Jonas is nine he'll be 10 in September um so he does not he knows that I post pictures of him and he does not love it but he also (laughs) so Jonas is my wild child but like he has a YouTube channel because he is obsessed with YouTubers and he thinks that he wants to be this like nature skateboarding YouTuber so I feel like he at least has grown up with this mentality that like People do this and it's not that weird. I don't think he would be horrified to read the stuff that I've written about him. Although I know he is like, mom, don't just say embarrassing. Don't post that on the internet. But I don't, I think he would get it. Ben, my oldest, I don't know that he's read some of my blog, but you know, like what I try to write about is really, I'm trying to share like my personality in general so it's not like how I write is is really different from how I act in real life. Like I come from a very sarcastic family. We all sort of make fun of each other. But I have tried to like not write about things that I think would legitimately humiliate my children. Like if it's not a story that, that I can't tell at the dinner table with them and their grandparents and their aunts and uncles and cousins there, then I wouldn't write it on my blog. Right. <laughs> so they haven't had a problem with, they haven't expressed any discomfort as of yet. <laughs> with with the explosion of social, it seems like that um, you had this new outlet. And so a lot of anyone who's listening should go find EC Newland on Twitter. I don't know, um, on Instagram, you're on there hanging out. Of course, Facebook. Yeah. And because you, you had this now, instead of waiting for the weekly or twice a week post, it's now as the mood or the moment hits you, you're able to take that same, um, we'll call it SAS, and bring it right out pretty quickly into the world, right? Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, so I, I some of my favorite posts you wrote were, were really like pull no punches, like this is the truth and this is what happened, and sometimes you use language because that's how life is, and it could have been about another agent or maybe it was some just crazy buyer, crazy seller, 
But I, I wonder, because you were so authentic and transparent, as you mentioned before, was there ever any blowback because you were too honest? So two instances come to mind right away. And I'm positive there have been others that were problematic. The first one was, and I went back to my blog to try and find this post and I I removed it apparently and deleted it and never put it back up. (laughs) But it was early on in my blogging and I really, it was before social media at all. So it was like 2005, there wasn't Facebook. I was just blogging into the universe. I kind of felt like my dad was reading it and like, that's maybe it. (laughs) But I wrote this post that was meant to be like, a humorous take on a deal that I had that was going badly. And I, I had a had a crazy cross agent who like was in the hospital in the middle of the deal because she was having plastic surgery and she was using the deal to pay for the plastic surgery. And like she didn't tell me this until she was in the hospital. And she was like, I'm having my boobs done and I'm not gonna be able to talk to you for two days. And I was like, oh my God, that like I may jump off a bridge. But so I wrote like some sort of humorous take on that on my blog. And she found it and wrote me, like mailed me a letter, like a five page, like I'm going to sue you letter (laughs) about defamation. I never used her name or any of the clients names or whatever, but she definitely had like Googled me and found my blog and then read that post and it rang true enough. I wasn't even talking only about that deal. I was sort of talking in a general sense. So I remember being terrified and taking the post down and calling my brand new broker who I'd only had for like a couple of months and being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to get sued. I don't know what to do. And he just laughed (laughs) and was like, well, I think you should put it back up because like, what did you say that's wrong? You didn't say anything that's wrong. She's crazy. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So the other one that uh, was not, did not have as great of an outcome was just a couple of years ago, I sold a house to a good friend and we were out looking at houses and it was a big, beautiful house in Ahwatukee. And they had called, when I called to set up the appointment, they said, okay, yeah, we'll be out of the house. We have a brand new puppy that is gated in the laundry room. So just be aware, don't let him out. And I said, okay. And so we went and saw the house. The puppy was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was like a um, little tiny gray, like Sharpay. Oh my God. It was beautiful. And it had these little wrinkles. It just was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I took a picture of it and posted it on Instagram and just said, I'm going to steal this puppy and this house that I'm showing, which like, I mean, Looking back, I'm like, okay, that wording maybe I should not have used. Although I was clearly being sarcastic. I wasn't literally going to sell the puppy. Um, And again, I don't have that many Instagram followers. I'm not like an Instagram star or anything like that. That night, I got a call from my broker because the people who owned the puppy in the house, their daughter saw my picture on Instagram. And they were like, oh my God, our puppy is on Instagram And this woman that we don't know said she's going to steal it. Oh, no. They were so angry and so horrified. And I, of course, this house is a house that my clients wanted to write an offer on. So it wasn't just like a house that we, I was like, oh, so sorry, I'll take that down. These were people that then I had to try and make a deal with. (laughs) So the question is, did you? I did. (laughs) I actually... I wrote a long letter. I really felt terrible. And so I wrote a long letter to the family. And I was like, listen, I am so sorry. 
this was an invasion of your privacy. I did not, I honestly did not think of it in that way. And that was wrong on my part for so many levels. I hope you will accept my apology. And I, I want to let you know that I've removed the photo and I will in the future take this into consideration and try to respect people's boundaries a little bit more. That was really not my intention. I just thought your puppy was adorable. And so they calmed down a little bit and then we wrote this offer and the agent told me later, he was like, if you hadn't written that letter, they would have never accepted an offer from you. They were so angry, which I think was a little bit of an overreaction because it was really just a cute puppy. But I still, that like colored my, like, I tend to be very like, I'll just say anything. And I, my intent was, is not negative. So I don't always understand or consider the ramifications of how it's going to affect the other people. <laughs> right. I want to ask you going back in time a bit, you're, you're a newer agent. You decide to start, you make this, this, you create this mommy slash real estate blog, put it all together. Can you talk about the success that brought you? Because you eventually, you had quite a few people following that thing. And was the majority of your business coming from people who had found out who you were via the internet and then decided to reach out to you? So I would have to say, um, absolutely not. Over the years, I've had a handful of people who found my blog and then wanted to use me as an agent. Okay. Like that has definitely happened, but it has not been the norm. Mostly my blog has been extremely useful in reminding people that I already know and sort of reintroducing people who know me just a little bit to who I am. So generally, my clients are people that I have a connection with in another way. And then they've gone on to read my blog and be like, oh, I didn't really know her like that. And now I feel like I understand her and I can trust her. And then they refer me or use me. There's not been a lot of like, I think with blogging, there was this idea in the beginning, at least that, and I know it was successful for Jay, that it would like bring in a whole bunch of like people who did not know you at all. And they would all use you. That is not at all what has happened with me. But I would credit my blog and my social media use for 95% of my business in the last five years. That's important. C can a new blogger today just getting started, do you think they should look at it the way you're describing it and try to create this this place where they're themselves and it does start with their sphere and occasionally could bring in? Is that kind of the way that a new blogger could start today and be successful? I do think that's the way to approach it. Um, and that's what I tell anybody who like comes to me about it. I think you have to figure out what you have to offer and what is unique about you or special or the way that you like to connect to people and then harness that and deliver that to your sphere. Because really what is interesting and good about the internet is content. We wanna create content that people wanna engage with. So for me, I like writing funny stories and there's a good market for that. People like to read funny stories. They like to read funny stories about people's families or like things that are embarrassing. They like to read funny stories about real estate. So that's why that has worked for me. But I think it can work in a lot of ways. I think you can be like somebody who likes to take pictures of wildflowers or of houses or of something. There's plenty of people who do different things. They curate different bits of the internet. And I think you can use that then to like connect with people and then they'll want to use you if you're good at it. Would you have done anything differently looking back now with 12 years of experience? 
I feel like I wish, I feel like I just sort of barely missed the really big blogging wave because my blog never hit the like a ton of traffic. Like I got my reasonable amount of traffic and I definitely had my loyal readers. I feel like I wish I had been more consistent with my blogging early on, like really like had a plan in, in place and then followed it. I think it was really hard. You know, I had two little kids and I was sort of trying to figure out what I was doing in all of this. But I think in real estate, one of the keys is you have to pick what you do and then like hit it hard and just really do it. I wish I'd hit it a little bit harder with consistency of content in the early days. I cannot talk to Elizabeth Newland on a podcast without bringing up circus shit because <laughs> anybody who follows you knows about your passion for, or I don't know if it's a passion or a death wish for being airborne, either it was trapeze in the early days. And now you've moved on to, I'm going to, I think I'm saying the right thing. You moved on to silks. Is that appropriate? Yeah. Good. Yeah. What, where did that come from? Talk about that. I took, I did a Groupon like years ago for a flying trapeze. I just, I was a gymnast as a child and I danced and I, I like to be athletic, but I, I am not, I'm kind of lazy about my workouts. Like I just am not a gym person. So I was sort of looking for something to do that I thought would be fun. I started taking classes at the Circus School of Arizona. I actually, my mother was like, you should join the circus. It would be great. And so she got me a, for my birthday, um, like a gift certificate for classes at the Circus School of Arizona. And so as soon as I started taking it, I was like, these are my people. It's so weird. Like I've never been it, with a group of people who like really like to like climb things and do things that are a little bit dangerous and also like challenge themselves. Um, and there's a little bit of fear involved, but then there's like the glitter and like costume side of it which I really enjoy um so I don't I just have gotten sucked in and I think it's like any hobby that like you really connect with as soon as I started doing it I was like I love everything about this I love the people I love you know the hard things so my I guess is they're not really into sports either just like you yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, the sport balls were like. Eh. <laughs> that's funny. You, you, I can't believe you were a sports writer. I never knew that yet. I know. I, I've talked to you. I, I brought up something about U of A sports, and you stopped me cold and said, "Bill, I'm sorry. I, I know <laughs> nothing about sports. I want to tell you right now. Don't waste your breath." Oh my god. Yeah. No, fun. and that's why it was really terrible because like I had to learn how like the football worked. I had to stand down on the field like with our team. And like keep track of all the things that happened. So I had like a piece of paper because I, I had to write about it. So I had to like write on what down something happened. And so I had to like learn all of the rules, all of, all of that stuff and figure out where the yards were. And oh, my God, I was just like, someone please tell me. <laughs> and it's all just drifted away. You haven't retained any yeah. of it. That's fine. No, I don't remember anything. I remember I had, a, I had a sheet with tally marks on it. And I'm like, what was I even counting? I don't know. <laughs> all right. Let me let me ask you the same final question I've asked everybody since episode one with Jay Thompson. This is where this question oh. started. Yeah. So um, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? I guess I'd have to go back to two things I've kind of already touched on. But one, in real estate, you really need to pick something and go with it. Like if you're going to Choose your marketing path and like don't think that just doing a little bit of it is going to get you anywhere. You got to put your head down and it's this is a work in product out business. You're just going to have to to work at it. Um, and then the other thing would be that I really think connecting on social media obviously is, is my thing. That's super important to me, but it's important to you, too. I mean, we're 
like minds about that. And I think that the way that to make that successful is to be authentic and then to find what your strengths are and to harness them to get to the people and let them know. Elizabeth, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Let's go with homes at elizabethnewland.com. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll also put your your uh, handles, your social handles uh, in there yeah, as well. Yeah. If they find me on Facebook, then like they can, yeah, I love to talk to people on Facebook. <laughs> I love new friends. <laughs> Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking some time today to kind of share this story. It's, I, I think it's amazing. And, and like I said, for people that want to really have a great laugh, go to the Real Estate Tangent, go back into the some of the past archives, have some fun. There's some amazing stuff in there. And uh, continued success. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. You're awesome.